Hello and welcome back to the Cracking Night Show, the only podcast on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, your host, as always, is myself, Ian, and my co-host, JP. Uh, we're still rocking the morning-evening slot, JP. How's it going? You still awake? <laughs> Good. I'm, yeah, I'm a night owl. This is this actually, as you know, works uh, pretty well for me, and you're a bit of an early bird because uh, of your life, it seems like, so I think it's a... I think it's a pretty good fit. We're adjusted to it now, right? But uh, yeah. I got to tell you, man, I uh, I went to the Vegas Calgary game mm-hmm. a few nights ago. And just real quick before we get into this, I um, got a chance to meet several of my Twitter buddies face to face, which was super cool. You know, you talk to these people for for months and months and some of them years. And sometimes you don't even know what they look like, right? Uh, you know, some <laughs> people on Twitter are anonymous. Some people post pictures, others don't. But uh, mm-hmm. It was really cool and actually met one of our regular listeners, Barrett, super cool guy. Uh, Barrett doesn't post pictures of himself, so I'm not going to say much about about him. You know, I'm not going to I'm going to respect his privacy. But Barrett, it was great to meet you, buddy. And uh, yeah, super cool that he just happened to be at the game the night that, that I was there. Cool. So that that's a lot of fun. And uh, and yeah, we had a chance to chit chat during the first intermission and um, it was just cool to get to know him a little bit. So Barrett, thanks buddy. And uh, thanks for always being a listener. And you know, he's always posting uh, informed comments and stuff as well. So anyway, little, quick little note that was kind of fun. So I wanted to shout yeah, out no, to I him. I love that. And, uh, and you're right, Barrett is, is certainly, we've got, we've got a few of them, but uh, there are our hardcore fans who yeah. mm-hmm. post a lot, who like a lot of our stuff, who share and all the rest. So Barrett's definitely definitely up there with the elite in the uh, Knights fan base uh, and he actually spoke to you which is great he didn't see you and was like oh no not that guy and then, and then moved <laughs> on. So, that's good yeah man. no we arranged to meet up I kind of kind of put it out there like I'm going to be at the game I'd love to meet some of you guys and DM me if you want to meet up and so yeah he DM'd me and uh yeah we just you know we only had about 15 minutes to talk just Right, and and the game was about to start up again, so it's like I don't want you to miss any more of the game. So head back, but uh, yeah, it was cool to, to meet him face to face. And I was yeah. the same; I don't like to miss any of the game either. So, but anyway, good times, good times. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Now we we have got quite a bit to talk about today, and we are going to kick off with some news. Good old news jingle. There we go. I haven't heard that in a while. I feel like I've not I've not utilized this media board to its full extent recently. Um, yeah. So we're going to do it today. Um, two bits of news. First bit we're going to cover, but very quickly because we've got a whole episode uh, and we've cut away from it as well. The whole um, clip on YouTube where we, we discussed this in a lot of detail. We've discussed it at the time, but it's kind of rearing its, its ugly head again, which is the pride jersey fiasco some teams have been fine and they've, they've managed to do it and you know the fans have loved it and all these most of the fans have loved it and they've certainly not seen that much negativity for the teams that have put it on it seems to go down quite well um and some of the jerseys by the way whether you actually agree with the message or not some of them are very cleverly designed which i quite like um mm-hmm. but there are quite a lot of teams now that are having a constant drama uh, whether it's the minnesota wild who said they were going to wear the jersey and then they didn't then we had the rangers who very similarly cancelled at the last minute um and then very recently uh Reimer, obviously one of the goalies of the san jose sharks uh opted not to wear it um, and similar to provorov came out gave a statement was quite open as to why um similar to provorov said this wasn't about 
hate or anything like that. Um, but as I said, I didn't want to go through a JP in any great detail. I felt it was wrong to not include it as news because of it is, it is a news story. Um, the only thing that I will reiterate the point that we kind of made before is we have to be careful with the line that we cross because if it's inclusive, you have to be inclusive of everybody, whether you agree with them or not. That's not that just that's not a, a caveat to inclusivity. Is but only the people I like, you know, or the people I agree with. It has to be all, um, and that goes both ways, by the way. So I'm not saying that means you have to include Rhymer, but Rhymer doesn't have to include anybody else. Um, are these things is just as not as simple as it seems. Is yeah. the bit that's just yeah. getting it for me is that the whole Jersey thing. It seems like a real no brainer as to well, that's obviously what you know what you would do. But it's just clearly it isn't that easy. Otherwise, the teams wouldn't be doing this if they weren't trying to protect their players in some way, shape, or form. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a bit of a mess, JP, at the moment. It it is a mess, and I I think the NHL could probably stave off some problems by figuring out it, it's it's not easy to do. But they they need to figure out kind of what the policies are going to be, or or maybe this is the you know maybe this is the policy. Maybe that's not going to change, but. It does seem like a, a there might be other ways to go about it that that might avoid you know because it's negative attention and controversy and has people fighting about it and arguing and puts a bad taste in people's mouths on both sides and right like we want less yeah. of that I think <laughs> right I mean I don't I generally yeah. don't think that's that's good ever but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't discuss the issues either it doesn't mean you should bury it you know so I mean, it's a, it's tough it's like you said very yeah. complicated it's not an easy thing to solve but uh like kind of like you said that the nhl needs to kind of figure out what they how they want to handle this you know because it's not going away exactly that's it mate it's one of those moments where you can't just bury your head in the sand and go well 24 teams got away with it fine like they have to do something uh, yeah, i just don't yeah. really know what that what that answer is me um, either me either but the other piece of news was around expansion. Uh, and the reason we're looking at my phone here, because just good old comments from Gary B, uh, who's a, obviously a fan of the show, and um, uh, you know, no doubt listens all the time. But what he was—he's doing as usual with Gary Bettman. When you know what Gary Bettman's like, he is a businessman first and foremost, hockey fan second, and he will always play his cards close to his chest. But about a week, maybe two or three weeks ago now, started to come out around. There being talk of expansion and the NHL 33rd team, who's it going to be? Is it going to happen? Et cetera, et cetera. And this snowball kind of started to gather pace. And there was a few cities that were mentioned. Now, the Batman and the NHL have been very quick to say their exact quote is, we're not in expansion mode, is what he keeps saying. Um, but there, is, there are cities that are interested. And he listed some of them. The ones that got listed were Houston. Atlanta, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that would be Atlanta, <laughs> third time lucky, Atlanta, <laughs> and uh, and Quebec, which is no surprise because Quebec have been interested in an HL team ever since they lost theirs. So it's not a massive surprise there at the end. So now what's, start, what's come on the back of that is just a whole host of conversation around who's it going to be, when can it happen? And the thing that should give people optimism around this actually happening is – what Bettman is saying right now is exactly what he said before Vegas and exactly what he said before Seattle. So infamously, about a year, maybe six months before Vegas was announced, he said the NHL is not looking to expand. And then, boom, they expand. Then he said the same after Vegas, the NHL is not looking to expand. Boom, Seattle cracking. Um, 
And I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, you've played this card twice, Gary. We know we know where this is going. Um, the one thing I'd add in, and then obviously I'll hop over to yourself, JP, to get your thoughts is, and it hasn't really been discussed as a factor in this. And we'll talk about Arizona in a little bit because I think that is a factor. But this one is around Ottawa. Now, Ottawa is in the process of being sold right now. Uh, the Melnick family are taking offers. Ryan Reynolds is, 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 is fronting one of the offers, and there are other, other people involved as well. Now, they reckon that Ottawa Senators is going to go for about 800 to 900 million. Now, they could be talking up that price. So I think that regardless of whether Houston want or Atlanta or Quebec won an NHL team, Bettman's not going to play his hand until he knows how much that franchise sells for because that gives him the price for the next expansion team. Because we know that Vegas paid $500 million. Seattle obviously got spanked by inflation, so they paid $600 million. <laughs> The thought is the next expansion team is going to have to pay, and I wish I had the clip for the, from Austin Powers, but $1 billion is what, mm. this, is what, the, uh, is what they're saying is going to be expansion price because of what Otto was going for. So <laughs> it, It's hockey hyperinflation, isn't it? <laughs> it is, mate. It's crazy. Lord. We thought the energy A prices billion. were bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, Gary Bettman, it, it's part of his job. He is always going to stick to protocol. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and this is not just Gary Bettman. This is big, powerful CEOs of major Fortune 500 companies. This is how the top dogs always have to do it. It always has to be diplomatic. They always have to follow protocol. Gary Bettman is not going to let the cat out of the bag if it's not time to let the cat out of the bag. That being said, the expansion talk was sparked by some very trusted insiders. You know, Kevin Weeks was one of them who was talking about it, a couple others. Those guys are not going to blab on about that stuff unless they really have their ear to the ground that something's going on. Also, I'm not positive that it's a problem for Gary Bettman that everybody's buzzing about it. This stuff isn't always accidental. You know, a lot of times the league likes there to be a leak quote unquote to stir up excitement so it's all in my opinion probably part of the plan i don't think gary bettman is trying to hide it but i think he's sticking to protocol as is his job and he, you know he's the one that ultimately will get to make that big announcement whenever that time is but you know it's interesting if, if you don't mind I'd, i i would wouldn't mind just talking about these potential expansion places if these are really the spots that they're looking at Houston is a really interesting spot in my mind for an NHL team. And that obviously we know that could be either through expansion or relocation. You mentioned the coyotes before. And so we know that that's a possibility. Uh, And maybe we can, you know, swing back around to that. But I looked up some stuff on Houston and Houston is actually the fourth largest metropolitan area in the United States. So it's it's not there won't be an issue with population in terms of being able to support. It's a question of interest. Houston has a history of hockey, as we know. Uh, There was a minor league team there for a long time, 15, 20 years. The Houston Arrows played there. Arrows, that's A-E-R-O-S, not A-R-R-O-W-S. And they were an independent minor league team, I think, played in the IHL for a long time, and then eventually joined the AHL, played in the AHL, and then became, correct me if I'm wrong, affiliate to the Minnesota Wild, and then eventually moved to the Midwest and became the Iowa Wild, 
which is not uncommon, right? That's how the Henderson Silver Knights became, you know, they were moved. This is not uncommon, right? Yeah. Uh, but that leaves Houston empty and no hockey again, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, so there's a history of hockey there. It's been supported. And in terms of sports, Houston has five major league teams. They got Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, MLS, and NWSL, which is the Women's Pro Soccer League. Um, Houston sounds like a great idea to me. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? I mean, like you look yeah. at the population, the the fan base would be easy. The, you know, the, Gary Bettman's thing is always about growing the market of the game, and that's mm -hmm. why he likes Arizona. Unfortunately mm -hmm. for us, uh, as, as, as fans <laughs> of the league, is that he? I don't. And the reason why I don't think Arizona will be relocated, by the way, is two two things. So, firstly, Gary Bettman has like put his reputation, I guess, on that Arizona will turn around. Mm, good point. And I think yeah. until, if the stadium gets shut down and that doesn't happen, I think they'll have to move. But until that happens, he, they will continue with what I've called the Arizona problem. They will continue. It's, it's a bit like somebody in a relationship that they shouldn't be in. You can mm. tell them they shouldn't be in it, but they don't see that. What they see is, yeah, yeah I know, but we can still fix this. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> right, it's like, right. you're there yeah. like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's gone. It's man. over. It's, it's broken. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. And, you know, I think, I mean, we can talk about Arizona actually on, on, on another podcast because I think there's a lot to, to unpack with them in terms of the rebuild strategy. We're seeing a few other teams now adopt a very similar strategy of just sell, 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 sell. And mm -hmm. it's actually proven to, to be a very ineffective method of, of building a good hockey team. But the, the, until there's some clarity around that stadium, they're not going anywhere, which means that it would be expansion. But I think that's the right thing to do because I think you get to start clean. You don't start with mm -hmm. baggage. I think the problem with Arizona, wherever you move it to, is what do you do? Do you call it the Houston Coyotes? Or do you just kill the team and basically what you're moving is players? You know, so right, I don't see them doing right. that. Mm. I think it'll be expansion. I think he'll announce it in the new year, probably after the playoffs, that they've had a bid, a bit like he did with Vegas. And then, but they'll wait for the Ottawa thing to be done first. Mm -hmm. And then it will go through the whole thing. And I, I, the only thing I would be a little surprised with is if they stop with one. Because there are still like there's a ton of other markets. I think Quebec won't get a team. I know there's some people on this podcast that will hate me saying that. Um, I agree, though. I don't think Quebec. But I think if they were going to have a team, yeah. they would have had a team. You mm -hmm. know, like every single time, like with Vegas, they were there going, "Yeah, we'll, we'll do it, we'll do it," and they were like, "No, no, we're going to Vegas." And then when Seattle yeah. came around, Quebec were there again, saying, "Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be the 32nd team," and they were like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, we're going to go Seattle." So I just I, I don't think they think the market is big enough which is a shame because I think the market that is there is, is a hardcore fan base who love yeah. hockey. Yeah. So like logic would say, well, it makes sense, mm -hmm. but something business wise doesn't add up there. Um, which is why he won't touch it. I mm -hmm. think you've got places like Baltimore, Kansas, you know, cause I think what they'll do as well, and I could be wrong with this. It has been known to happen, but I think we'll see the first ever double expansion. I think we'll see two teams come into the league at the same time. Because I also mm -hmm. think Bettman quite likes the league being like sorted at the moment. We've got 32 teams, 16, right. 16. Every, yeah. every division's nice and equal. It's mm -hmm. flat. I don't think he's going to want to expand in the West and leave the West like lopsided in teams. 
So yeah. I think they'll expand with two teams. Because yeah, one there's just team so that plays in the markets. east and one team that plays in the west. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto's mm-hmm. been talked about a lot, but that'll never happen because the Leafs won't let it happen. It, again, it's mm-hmm. a big enough city to, to do it. It works fine in, you know, people always say about New York, but mm-hmm. in the whole New York area, you've got tons of teams in that space, yeah. you know, with New Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I could see that, see that working. Yeah, mm-hmm. But you've got other cities on the West as well, like San Francisco never seems to get mentioned. San Diego, like you've got right. some some big metropolitan areas that, that don't don't have teams. There's so many areas that they could expand to as the uh, New Orleans, places like that, that have proven yeah. to be hotbeds for sports. Mm-hmm. So sports towns, yeah. I would be amazed if the NHL is still at 32 teams in like two years' time, mm-hmm. um, or at least at 32 teams with no plans for expansion. Yeah. The only thing I think that, Bettman won't do is rush it because he likes the plan. It worked with like, he's got his mold. Like expansion teams have never worked in the past. Vegas worked. Seattle's worked. Like he's looking mm-hmm. at that saying, all I've got to do is just keep cookie cuttering this into other places. Right. And as long as I get the right ownership group, because, you know, I know not everybody likes the Vegas management group, but Jesus, they did a good job. You know, you've got a fantastic team. The arena's mm-hmm. superb. The in-game experience is fantastic. You know, there's a real atmosphere around the team. They play on the whole, you know, the, their their culture, the franchise, the Knights. They play on all of that, even if I don't like the gold jerseys. And <laughs> so I can see them just cookie-cuttering their way around around the, around the America and, and, and possibly parts of Canada. So yeah, it'll happen. Exactly. Yeah, just repeat that when. formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think... I think I agree with you that the Coyotes aren't going anywhere just yet. I think if the Coyotes do go somewhere, it will be because the t- the franchise gets sold and there's new owner. Like a relocation yes. will also be part of a purchase of the team. I don't think it'll be the Coyotes ownership picking up and everybody just moving to another location because you still have a lot of those same problems with business and how it's being run. It would be, and I, you know, I don't know what the clauses are that allow the NHL to take control of a franchise, but they have taken control of the coyotes once before. It usually has to do with financial insolvency. And there are certain clauses in these contracts that allow the NHL to come in, take over the team and seek new ownership, which has happened in Arizona before. The the, the NHL took over the team, found new owners. And so that's the only scenario that I could see them being relocated. But I agree with you. I think Bettman is, is he is going to see this Arizona thing through until it, there's just no way in, you know, a frozen over hell that it's going to work. I feel like it's there already, but he obviously doesn't, but you know, it's interesting. You talk about all these different cities and obviously Atlanta is another one that comes up a lot when we're talking about expansion Atlanta is fascinating to me because obviously we know we know that hockey is NHL hockey's been there twice before, right? The Atlanta Flames, who became Calgary, yep. and the Atlanta Thrashers, who became Winnipeg 2.0, right? Winnipeg Jets 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I get it. On paper, you kind of say, why would we try Atlanta again? Uh, but a lot of people argue that it wasn't the market that was the problem because, and, and let's face it, these are businesses. Mm-hmm. So it does take good management it does. and and hockey teams fail just like businesses fail because of poor management, poor business decisions. A lot of people say that it was just poor management in both cases uh, that caused those owners to decide to sell. And I think in both cases, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, the team was sold 
and then relocate it as part of the sale. I don't think it was just picking up shop. And no, because obviously, yeah. in sometimes in sports, like in the NFL, there have been examples of an owner just packing up, packing everything up, and saying, "We're going here." Like, didn't sell the team, just moved it. But it seems like in the NHL, most of the time, if not all the time, I'd have to look it up. It's it's usually a sale, and then there's a relocation. But Atlanta, same thing. Five major league sports teams there that a lot of them are doing really well. The MLS yeah. expanded there. Atlanta United FC is arguably one of the most enthusiastic and fiery fan bases in all of U.S. soccer. I mean, they and they've won a championship already. Yep. And the team's only, I don't know, six, five, six, seven years old. It's not very old. Yep. So it seems like Atlanta should work. But um, but it's interesting. The NHL just has never caught on there, has it? So No, and it'll be, I, I do think that will be the one. I mean, I... I my gut feel, if somebody said to me, well, who are your two, you know, who are your two expansion teams? Like, where are they? West, East, I would say it's Houston and Atlanta. And mm, I think that it probably yeah. is the two that will get announced. Um, right. And I think people will groan at Atlanta, but this it's a bit of a love-hate relationship with those. Because some people absolutely love the franchise still, even though it doesn't the exist. Th- the Thrashers? You know, so yeah. The Thrashers, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, and I posted that thing on Twitter the other week and people are creating kind of concept jerseys and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So and we saw that with Seattle before Seattle got announced. So I, I don't think there's any issue with market. And maybe they're thinking with an expansion team, they won't be dreadful. That was the issue is the thrashers were, were, were dreadful when yeah. they, when they, you know what I mean? And it's that's, that typical expansion problem. Yeah, that's the problem. And there's some mm. teams that have never recovered from that problem. You know, you could argue Columbus is still reeling from their expansion. You know, they've not, Hey, mm-hmm. so we will see. We will see. And Gary Bettman will do as usual, which means that he'll probably uh, make yeah, a big keep it close to the hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so flicking across to Vegas and their form now. It's uh, it's been pretty good. Like it's been the two teams of Vegas and Seattle have been tracking very similar until recently, post deadline really, and then post deadline the two teams have kind of veered off in the two directions that we kind of expected. With Seattle entering in the wild card race, and we're going to cover that in a minute, and Vegas pretty much being now the dominant force in the West. You could argue them and Dallas, but points would say consistency would say even with injuries, Vegas is probably the standout. Um, team in the West, even if people still don't see them as contenders. But there's a few things that I wanted to cover with yourself, JP. So you've been to a lot of the games recently, so you know you're going to see this mm-hmm. up close. But the goalie situation, we've gone from no goalies to bringing in goalies to now Vegas have got goalies upon goalies upon goalies. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've got maybe like five goalies now that could all play. It's I just know, insane. Right? <laughs> so I don't know how it, I don't know who gets I mean, who gets to start JP who is it I know I know well obviously right now it's um it's obviously Quick and Patera are the tandem with Quick being kind of the A and Patera being the backup but mm-hmm. it's nuts right they're just like overflowing with goalies who by the way have all performed pretty well pretty, pretty and well, yeah. uh and now Logan Thompson and and uh, Lauren Brossois are both skating and like could be going on this next or or at least ready to go on this next road trip. Now now the I 
correct me if I'm wrong, I think after the trade deadline, there's no roster limit anymore. Is that right? I think. I think it, you, you still actually, have to I thought be, it was when you, the season finished. Going into playoffs, maybe. So yeah. I, th- I think it's you still have to stay under the cap, obviously. But I guess mm-hmm. I'll be very curious to see what happens here because you are now going to have four healthy goalies. And mm-hmm. by the time playoffs roll around, I'm guessing Aiden Hill will also be healthy. And yeah. so, yeah, it's your guess is as good as mine. I, I still think LT probably has the starting job. Uh, right. I think I think he probably think he does, yeah. is going to make his way back into the starting position more than likely. I think. He's yeah, that might ease probably, him in. But yeah. Yeah. But but you have three people who could probably all be that second part of that tandem e- equally well. And Jonathan Quick has been quite good, honestly, in, in the. Yeah, yeah, in his four or five starts that he's had, I think he's what, what won four and lost one. I think, um, mm, with like a nine thirty eight, nine thirty yeah. something save percentage. Yeah, so he's. I mean, he's faced shots, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> it. Um, I mean, it helps, right? The defense that's in front of him that helps, and I've heard people say that that Vegas is a goalie friendly system which also makes sense. I've always talked about how symbiotic the relationship is between goalie numbers and the defensive core and the way the team plays defense in front of them, but you mm-hmm. still have to stop the shots, right? And and all of the goalies are doing a good job at that. So it's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. So it's a good problem to have, but I have no idea how it's going to pan out. <laughs> and then you know how that goes. I mean, it, what it does mean is that is that in the playoffs, if a goalie goes down, the Knights probably don't need to worry as much. A lot of teams, it's like they're they're in it and they lose their goalie, and that's the difference between going all the way or going deep and not. And I think in this case, the Knights have a lot more protection than that. I mean, it'd be great if LT could ride the whole thing, obviously. But um, anyway, yeah, your guess is as good. Who do you think? I mean, do you who do you think would be the second behind it? It's really hard to say behind it LT. It is hard to say. You and I think if if one of our listeners knows. The answer to the is waivers a thing after the deadline. I I thought it was. I could be well, wrong. Waivers is waivers is. I, I right. think the I roster think... limit is still. Oh, is 20 it twenty okay. skaters or whatever it is? Gotcha. 20, 20, okay, so twenty two. Sorry, I think it is. So um, that's a little bit nerve wracking because somebody yeah. would have to get sent down. Actually, two people because would have to get. sent They down. were talking around. I think it was to do with Edmonton. Someone was talking about the how many defensemen they had up in the NHL. Was saying they're going to mm-hmm. have to roll with like you know, one less forward because they mm-hmm. don't have the roster spots to yeah. draw. Or either that, or they're going to have to put a defenseman on waivers and who do you put on waivers was kind of the was kind of the, the point. So, sure, um, sure. And it's, I think it was Edmonton, maybe it was Boston, but anyway, one of them. And yeah. so I still think Vegas are going to have to juggle the two goalies. For me, it's going to be Logan Thompson and Jonathan Quick. I think yeah. Aiden Hill will get sent down. That's yeah. a shame. And if there's injuries for forwards or defensemen, then he doesn't need to get sent down. He just doesn't get dressed. Yeah. So, well, and, and Logan Thompson should start it, right? Yeah. He's, who's yeah. who you want, realistically? The management want him first game mm-hmm. of the playoffs against TBD. Um, mm-hmm. They want LT in net with Jonathan Quick as backup. That's what they want. Jonathan Quick's played fantastic. He will bring a lot to the locker room. I think if you put him on waivers, he'll get picked up. Oh, oh if I'm yeah. being honest. 100%. Because yeah. um, he's just proven 
And mm-hmm. I also don't think they're going to want to put quick through waivers because of the way they picked him up. He didn't he didn't want to just play for any old team. So right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. It's a nice problem to have. It's not a problem Seattle have. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah. as they could do with some other goalers. Uh but uh I yeah, I I think you've got to you've got to do whatever you've got to do to get Logan Thompson back starting, which probably means mm-hmm. quick plays two and Thompson plays one until Thompson looks like he's regained his form. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to put him in and start overplaying him. A, you don't want him to get injured, but also you yeah. don't want his form to drop off. Because you know what goalies yeah. are like. They run hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Um, all goalies do. I mean, Markstrom this year at Calgary is a prime example. This is a guy that everyone was saying was elite Vesna quality. And this season he's been he's been pretty dire. So mm-hmm. I think you, you want to get Thompson back to full fitness, form yeah all of it all the f's and uh and then <laughs> and then you want to you want jonathan quick there as backup and if that means brosoir and and, and aiden hill have, and have to and, and and obviously the i can't remember his name now I, it begins with a p but the uh the oh, ahl goalie that's pretty yeah, yeah so he yeah. he'll he'll obviously he'll get sent down for, he's, he'll, he's, he'll be he's, waiver he's, exempt waiver exempt so he'll be the first to go down. And and actually, interesting, you mentioned the roster spots with Waugh still out, although Waugh's close to returning, with Carrier out. They probably roll three goalies. They, they, yeah, they right now, until some of those guys come back, they probably don't have to send everybody down. Yeah. So Patera will free up some space, and they may be able to keep Brozois and... Um, and Hill and, you know, still on the roster until they're forced to make those to decisions. Make but and if they can hold it off, close, once the yeah. season finishes, then you're then right can in stay. terms of, then I think everybody yeah. can stay because then the roster numbers yeah. don't matter, which is how the, the right. Kucherov fiasco happened mm-hmm. because the cap doesn't matter either. So you can yeah. put up and put down as, as many as people as you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if Stone comes back after the season ends, who cares because his cap hit is irrelevant from a cap perspective. Yeah, um, and interestingly so. enough, another person that they could send down will be Pavel Dorofiev, but he's mm-hmm. playing so well on a line with Carlson and Smith right now. He is, uh, you good. know, he's he's five points in seven games. I think it's three goals and two assists, or, or no, two goals and three assists, maybe, uh, maybe it's the other way mm-hmm. around. But so that's another guy that like they could easily send him down to open up a roster spot. But I kind of think they don't want to right now. I I think he's make making a case to stay in the NHL. So these are mm-hmm. good problems to have, but it is certainly a big mystery as to uh, what's going to happen, right? And they have flexibility. That's nice. It's a nice luxury to have. So they do. And then just one last question on the nights really for yourself, JP. Been to a lot of games recently. What do you feel like the feeling is in the arena right now? Because it's it's been hit and miss this season. At least it feels that way from the outside looking in. But do you think now that with the team form picking up that the, it now feels like they're on a roll? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That the team's on a roll and the the fan base and the vibe in the arena and around the fan base is as hyped as it's been since year one you're never Mm going to repeat year one it's going to be right and it's not to say one is better or worse it's going to have a different character it's going to be different but yes the fan base is extremely positive um and even with that stinker they played against calgary the other night that's one of those ones long road trip to the east they were exhausted every team has one of those when they come home their first home game back no, you, you, most of the educated hockey fan base understands like, Hey, that's, 
not unusual for that to happen. And then they bounced back and stomped Columbus today, which isn't saying much, but, but, uh, but no, the, the vibe with the, yeah, exactly. The vibe with the fan base is, is high spirits are high. And, um, yeah, I, like you said, people don't, maybe in the East, they don't see the Knights as contenders because there's been so much focus on these giant teams in the East, but they look, Vegas looks awfully good to me right now. They look like a team that's poised to go on a deep run. Like, can I say whether they've got a shot at the actual cup? That's hard to say, but any team, any team that makes it deep, like to the conference final. Yeah. Has a shot. Got a shot. If you can get that far, you got a shot. And I think the Knights are definitely good enough the way they're playing right now to make at least the conference final. And then it's a matter of who else has made it through and how the matchups work out. Right. And, and ho- if Boston gets eliminated, then it's anybody's cup. You know, I think exactly. if Boston makes it that far, it's probably Boston's cup, but who knows the playoffs are crazy. You never know how it's yeah. going to go. And if so. any team knows the benefit of being an underdog, it's Vegas. It's so. Vegas. That's absolutely right. So, but yeah, no positive vibes in Vegas for sure. So that probably brings us to the final part here, which is Seattle. Um, we just talked about Vegas in terms of their recent form. It's been pretty good. Seattle's form has been a bit more stop-start. Uh, I don't want to say it's been poor because they've, they've won games and there are going to be won games that people probably didn't think they were going to win. But there has been, it certainly feels this way, that there's been a few more losses than wins recently. And you can see that in the standings. So, um as of today, Vegas are still sat top of the Pacific, as, as we usually would expect. Um, and I'm just loading the standings up as we speak. Uh, but from a Kraken perspective, they've now fallen behind the Oilers. And why that was important, I guess, or it's going to be important for the rest of this season, is that puts Kraken very much in this wild card race that we were, we were kind of expecting them to be in. Um so as it stands right now, the central is Stars on 89, Wild on 88, Avalanche on 86, and Jets a fourth in the central division on 81. The rest of the teams, Predators, Blues, Coaches, Blackhawks, out, 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 out. None of them are, are doing anything in terms of the playoffs. And then the Pacific, you've got the Knights, the Kings, the Oilers on 92, 90, 86. Kraken on 83, have got a game in hand, potentially could have 85 if they win it. And then Flames on 77. And Calgary fans will probably disagree with me, but in my opinion, they're probably out of the out of the race unless something drastic happens for both teams. Either Kraken really fall off or Calgary really turn on. So whilst they're in the wildcard race, the two issues, I guess, for the Kraken are going to be what happens with Winnipeg and does the Flames get hot? Other than that, I can't really see the Kraken falling out, if I'm being honest. Uh, maybe um, this is roasting their glasses, but I just don't see the Flames turning around a five-point deficit with 12 games to go, unlikely. And the Predators are a 13-point deficit um, you know, with 12 games to go. So it's probably the Krakens to lose in terms of yeah. the wild card. But for me, JP, and interested to know your, your thoughts on this, but if the Kraken were to fall out, of the wild card, or, or if by being in the wild card, it means they end up facing somebody like Vegas, but it could also be the stars. Um, that 
could cost them in terms of playoff chances. And we talked on our episode after the trade deadline around why the Kraken didn't make any moves and the fact that I personally felt it was the wrong move. I know some people disagree, but it's this sort of time now where every point counts. And we're very, very, very close to Edmonton in terms of standings. You're talking difference of three points, two points if they win the game in hand. So every little little thing makes a big, big difference. We're talking about about the Knights and the goalie situation. Jonathan Quick's form has been the difference between Vegas being top of the Pacific or maybe in a battle with Kings, Oilers, you know, whereas that battle at the moment is quite clear. You know, some, some daylight between the Oilers and the Knights especially. So my fear, I guess, from a Kraken perspective, is that they rue not making any moves at the deadline mm-hmm. because they kind of look like, and I hate saying it, but they kind of look like the worst team at the party right now. Yeah. The weakest team, I should say, actually, not the worst team. Let me correct that. Yeah. The weakest team at the party right now. And that's the way right. it feels. Right. You know? Yeah, there is. And I, I do think seasons are interesting. Hockey seasons are interesting because teams do sort of go through this progression, this growth, this kind of heating up, This they sort of find their, their maximum potential. And you, know, you always hear that cliche the teams need to heat up at the right time and i i think that the difference sometimes between the teams that the the big behemoth teams that can go really deep and the ones that don't sometimes is that a lot of the teams will kind of find their stride and then they kind of peak they kind of maximize their potential part way through the season whereas the teams that are really good that are going to go deep a lot of times it's like in this last stretch they even get better and they they crank it up one more notch and one more notch, right? And and then by the time you hit playoffs, then you're starting to see, oh wow, this team is playing the best hockey it's played all season. And I think that's what they mean when they say heating up at the right time. But a lot of that too is when the same group of guys plays together month after month after month. You know, eventually, if there's more potential to be had, they're going to find it. Yep. And so you wonder with Seattle if maybe they kind of maximize their potential. Right. They've sort of maybe hit that mark. Uh, they've sort yeah. of they're playing as well as they're going to be able to play. And now they're slipping a little bit because some of these other, you know, teams that are maybe a little bit deeper are, are heating up a little beyond that, perhaps. But I, I think you're right. I think Seattle is highly likely a playoff team. But like you said, you know, if it if it means and this is going to be a lot of fun for you and I, by the way, because it's very possible that it could be a, <laughs> yeah. it could be a Vegas Seattle first round, right? And, good. Uh, good. We've talked about that before. That's going to be a kick. But you're right that 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 you know. And it's funny. I hear two schools of thought on this. Some people say, "Well, you got to be able to beat them all if you're going to go all the way," but but the, your path through the bracket matters. It matters, it matters yeah. a lot. And yeah. that's why when you win your division, you get the luxury of playing a team that is arguably a weaker opponent. And attrition is a big thing in the playoffs. And a lot of times in the past when the Knights haven't made it, it's because they played a heavy, brutal seven-round series against some other team, and it took a lot out of them. And yeah. so that that's why that first-round matchup, it can matter, and, and it can be a good thing or like you said, will Seattle regret that they weren't able to finish third, right? Or second and match up against one of these other teams as opposed to facing them. Now, personally, even if they managed to to find to 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 get into third, 
look at the Kings. I mean, you could argue that the Kings are also a very, very good team, and it's going to be a very difficult matchup. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I, I might give Vegas the edge over the Kings in terms of playoff hockey, but I'm biased. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I think you know, ultimately that the players may rue the day and the fans of Seattle may rue the day. I think the owner, uh, uh, excuse me, the general manager, I think he's got a plan. I think this is exactly how he wanted it, obviously. And I really think for him, he's like, great. If we can make some noise in the playoffs, fantastic. But I got my eye on next year or yeah, two, two seasons yeah, yeah, from yeah. now. That's what he's thinking. But, um, listen, as we said, the play, you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. No. There's always upsets. And there's always some team that you're like, wow, I didn't expect. I mean, look at Montreal a couple of years ago. Nobody mm. expected them to do what they did. Uh, made it all the way to the final. They didn't have a chance in hell when they got to the final. I don't think anybody thought they were going to beat Tampa. But my goodness, to make the final is insane. So it's impressive. never say never. Uh, but I think Seattle's looking at their first playoff year, which is really cool. You're right. It, it would have to be something drastic would have to happen for them to fall out and for Calgary to squeak in. And Calgary is the closest competition right now. So, Yeah, exactly. It's now, just, if they finish in the first wild card, if Seattle finishes in the first wild mm-hmm. card position, would they be playing Dallas as it stands right now? So I, or, I believe, and again, yeah, listeners I think you're uh, right. or viewers on YouTube, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that the best team in the West, so whoever finishes top of the West, let's say it's Vegas, okay? Yeah. will play the lowest of the two wild card That's teams. right. Second wild card, yep. So, as it stands So depending right on how now, it finishes, yeah. Yeah, that would be the Jets currently. Yeah. So it would be Vegas Jets. Vegas Jets. Um, and it would be Stars versus the Kraken. Right, but that could change several times between could now change. and the end of the yeah. season, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't know who's the easier team to face. Um I think once you get in, probably none of them. The one is the ones that you want to avoid are things like Avalanche, but then mm-hmm. Avalanche will more than likely finish third or yeah. second, or mm-hmm. potentially top. But more than likely, they'll finish second or third with them and the Wild mm-hmm. flicking around the last. Yeah, 10 it's, days just, it's just going to be so. who. Yeah, it's just going to be who gets home. Yeah, ice. I think Oilers yeah. and Kings are probably pretty much set in now. So mm-hmm. um, it's just interesting because when you go across the East, is seen as this behemoth of a conference. Um, and it's got some brilliant teams, but my God, has it got some disparity between the good and the bad? Because if mm-hmm. you take the Atlantic, you've got Bruins on 111, Leafs on 93, Lightning on 90, and the Panthers on 77. So, yeah. you know, 13 points back. Uh, and then you've got the Metropolitan. You're similar where you've got 98, 97, 92, which is the Hurricanes, the Devils, and the Rangers. Then you've got the Islanders on 80. So the wildcard race in both conferences actually very similar in terms of the number of points the teams have. Islanders mm-hmm. have 80. Um, the Penguins have 78. The Panthers have 77. The Jets, as we said, have 81. And the Kraken have 83. So, so actually, arguably, the Kraken has is, is, is got more points than the Panthers, than the Penguins, than the Islanders, than the Capitals. And now the Penguins, the Islanders, certainly the Islanders anyway, have been adding in terms of deadline so it'd be interesting to see what happens i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be a very very cool playoffs this year there's some, yeah. some good teams and everyone's looking at boston mm-hmm. um yeah 
and Boston will face, I would guess, the Panthers or the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Boston Penguins could be a hell of a hell of a first round for them. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and as you rightly said about it's all about the routes to the final. Leafs versus Lightning is pretty much locked in already. It's right. going to be a case of who gets home ice if that matters. But uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting, mate. It's going to be exciting. By the time we next come around, which will be the recording on the first of April. Wow. Um, there won't be many games left, mate. No, so we're, we're going to be, be closing be in on it. Right yeah. There. Yeah, it's we're getting so. real close, and uh, th- that's one of the the, th- the reasons uh, playoff hockey is so exciting too. Is is it can be one of those things where a team's favored, but a, a lucky bounce or a, a clutch moment can turn a series, and mm-hmm. you know, so that's the exciting thing about it. And there's so much parity in the league. You 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 can say who's got better odds, perhaps, but there are always surprises. So. Exactly. Right. Like if you're a Seattle fan, I certainly, you know, for any Seattle fans listening, certainly don't count Seattle out, but, uh, no. but yeah, they didn't make any moves and a lot of the other teams did. And so, you it know, that may be, they, it might cost them and it speaks to the expectations of management as well. Right. That, that they're obviously not, not gunning for it this year. So we knew that already though, didn't we? So we did, we did, we did. We may have predicted that as well, which we are going to have yeah. to come back to predictions yeah. Oh yeah, but after the season's finished. Yeah, we'll have to see if we um, were close at all. <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure we weren't. On, on any of them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I think Mike may remember him saying that Calgary were going to win the Stanley Cups. Not looking yeah. very likely right not now. Not looking likely. No. So, no. Uh, but um but no, look, man, it's been great talking hockey with you as always. Uh for those of you that are listening, we thank you for listening. Um if you're a regular listener, then thank you for for continuing to support our channels. JP said at the beginning you know, look, you, you mean the world to us in terms of fan base. We love the interaction we have with you guys on Twitter, on this, on YouTube, wherever. It's fantastic. Um, so so thank you very much for that. 100%. We will be back in a fortnight. And in a fortnight's time, we should know where things stand in terms of Stanley Cup playoffs. It might not be the that everything is locked in. And we've got to remember, Vegas and Seattle play each other in a back-to-back. I think that might be the mm. last two games of the regular season. It is, so, yeah. So then that could turn some things. Yeah. It could, it could massively change who each other, who each, you know, each team faces, or it could be a prelude to a seven game or hopefully. Sure. Yeah. That'll be interesting, right? Uh, If it's a little warm up for the first round. So yeah, I'll be excited to see how it (laughs) goes. There we go. Um, But look, thanks. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you all in a fortnight's time. See you soon. Bye-bye.